0: on kentucky your daily podcast on the kentucky wildcats part of the locked on podcast network your team every day all right what is going on big blue nation welcome on into locked on kentucky your daily kentucky wildcats podcast i'm your host lance Dahl, writer for sports illustrated for various sec related things but on this podcast we take a dive into all things kentucky Athletics today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. You can go to birddogs.com/slash locked on college and they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be discussing the prospects out there, transfer portal or not, that the Wildcats could currently be looking at. Do they have opportunity to snatch some of these guys up? Sure. Are they going to land all of them? Are going they going to land one of them? Uh, We'll just have to wait and see. Also, tonight is the NBA draft. I know I'm a little bit late on this. Going to talk about some NBA draft stuff. Just kind of give some final thoughts on Kentucky's prospects in this draft. Only one that's going to be projected to go in the first round. That is Kaysen Wallace. And we're going to see how things pan out tonight. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen Every single day, I want to remind you guys, again, that we are free and available on all platforms. If you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel, please go ahead and do so. Uh, I made the call yesterday. We gained, I think, 17 subs off of yesterday's episode, which is really exciting. For those of you that are new and watch the show, maybe you you aren't subscribed yet, subscribe. I would appreciate it a lot. Uh, Just a reminder for everybody, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday is the schedule for the rest of June and through July. After July, we will go back to five days a week here at Locked On Kentucky. So let's go ahead and get into it. Who are the transfer options or the freshman additions that could be possible for the Kentucky Wildcats here over the next few weeks? As we all know, Aaron Bradshaw suffered a foot injury that will keep him sidelined for six to eight weeks. So as of right now, the roster heading into Global Jam is technically at eight scholarship players. Kentucky's probably going to have a very short rotation, um, this season, I would assume that's just kind of where we are at this point, but with Aaron Bradshaw being sidelined, he did uh, say earlier that he is going to be out for the global jam. Kentucky's going to be rocking with eight players. Could they get a ninth before that happens in July? I think right now we have to be looking at four different players that the, the Kentucky Wildcats could be in pursuit of one of which I, I think that would not fit Kentucky's roster, but he's in. Kentucky's in his top four, uh, so we we might as well talk about him. And then there's one player that I don't think is going to transfer from his school. Uh, we will just have to wait and see if he actually does that. Starting off at the top here with a player that I think a lot of Big Blue Nation online is excited about. He's not even entered the transfer portal But we'll just have to wait and see. Trey Mitchell, who is a forward from West Virginia, in case you did not see it, Bob Huggins, head coach of the Mountaineers, resigned from his perch uh, just a couple of days ago. The expectation is that there will be a couple of Mountaineers that enter the portal uh, following his uh, resignation. We'll have to see. There are a couple of other players that, that may end up doing so. I personally doubt it. Um, but we'll 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 see what happens. Trey Mitchell, though a senior, six foot nine, two hundred and twenty pounds, out of Pittsburgh, formerly averaged twelve points a game, five and a half rebounds, two assists, and he shot forty seven percent from the field. He's a he's a good three point shooter as well. Shot thirty six point four percent from behind the arc. That's really solid for a six foot nine forward. He's a good foul line shooter. Um, he doesn't turn the ball over a ton. Uh, he's definitely cut that down since his freshman season. Where he's averaging over 3.3 turnovers per contest. But Mitchell, for all the obvious reasons, would be a valuable addition addition to the Wildcats who need front court depth. Would he be somebody that you could slot in at center? I doubt it unless you're playing a small ball type of lineup. Uganda and Yinzo right now is your sole true center on this roster. Having a guy like Mitchell, though, to pair in the front court with Aaron Bradshaw, or if Bradshaw is hurt for this global jam, Getting a guy like Mitchell to pair with Jordan Burks, a couple of 6'9 guys that seem to be pretty versatile uh, in their arsenal, at least statistically, Mitchell was able to show uh, his uh, his ability to do a lot of different things during his time uh, at West Virginia. Four straight years uh, in college basketball, averaged 18.8 points as a sophomore. I'm going to go ahead and assume, because I don't have his splits pulled up, I'm going to go ahead and assume that that was at a different school. Yeah, it was at a... um, I would like to imagine... It was at a uh, at an A ten school. I need to pull that up here in, in just a second. But but yeah, I think that um I think that Trey Mitchell would because of his proven ability to score and because of his versatility uh, in the front court would be somebody that Kentucky would be interested in looking at uh, at that power forward spot, especially if Aaron Bradshaw is not fully healthy. And look, Kentucky's got the scholarships to do it. I know that it's it may be a little uh, frustrating. Or confusing the way that Kentucky has decided to stack some of their different position position groups. At least how it feels, they've decided to stack some of their position groups and having three players at power four that could all rotate in slash start um, at different points. I'm not saying Burks could, but like you have you've got two players that could legitimately start for you, and then you've got a third that's going to be probably getting some minutes. I mean, Kentucky could make that work. At the at the end of the day, they could probably slide Burks down and just say, "Listen, you're just going to be on the bench." It's just the way it is because we got another guy in here that we we need. Uh, is that is if Aaron Bradshaw is healthy later on in the season? I'm just speculating over how the rotation uh, could end up looking. And to be honest with you, I mean, it, it, it. We talked about it just a minute ago. If Kentucky does decide to get three power forwards is slash somebody that could slide down to center in a small ball lineup, if they decide to do that, and that's what they that's what they want to do with their their four spot. Um, they're probably not going to have a ton of problems anyway, because has decided over the past, you know, his what decade that he's going to run a short rotation. It doesn't really matter whether or not he's got a really good player um, in, in his uh, in his on his bench or not. The second player here that I want to talk about that I mentioned on yesterday's show uh, that I just don't think is um, is is a player that is either going to enter the portal or is somebody that Kentucky's going to pursue. Jesse Edwards, 14.5 points per game, 10.3 rebounds, almost two assists. He shot forty or 59% from the floor. He shot 100% from three last year. I'm assuming that he just was not uh, taking a ton of threes. Power forward slash center. Yeah, he actually only took one and he made it. Uh, power forward slash center for the Orange last season. He has since risen... Uh, to start him in college basketball. I think he's a very talented player. Obviously, averages double-double strong, rebounding presence, 6'11", 230. This is somebody that you could pair with you gonna, or you could put it power forward. I mean, for, for all I care. Um, you This is somebody that you could put in your front court that Kentucky could immediately, you know, make work. Is Jesse Edwards going to, get, going to enter the portal after going to West Virginia? Uh, no, I, I quite frankly don't think he's going to. Uh, especially after after leaving Syracuse, going to West Virginia or a place that he can get play it's a place that he can get playing time. I don't think he's going to exit the transfer portal or exit West Virginia, go back into the transfer portal and then go to Kentucky where he's simply not going to get as much playing time possibly as he would with the Mountaineers. I, I just don't think it's going to happen. There is a third player here. A guard slash wing, a six foot six wing. This would have been a more valuable addition if Reeves had decided that he wasn't coming back. Paul, I believe his his last name is is Mulkey or Mokihi. Um, it's it's M U L C A H Y. It's just it's I hate I hate pronunciations, man. There was actually a a center that I was looking at earlier in the transfer portal, Adrame diong. Uh, who is uh, who is a seven foot center from Washington or Washington State? He's a former four star prospect. Uh, he has still not announced where he wants to enter, enter the transfer or he where he wants to exit the transfer portal. I believe he entered on May twelfth. Uh, I don't think that Kentucky is even looking at him. But hey, there's another transfer portal player that Kentucky could take a look at. But Paul. Uh, Mulkey. I'm just gonna say Mulkey. 8.3 points, 4.9 assists. Great distributor at that wing spot. Shot 41% from the field, 37% from from three. So he's an outside shooter. Uh, can also handle the ball, distribute it a little bit as well. Reminds you of another former Washington State guard, Justin Powell, who started his career at Auburn. I believe transferred to Tennessee and was very similar in terms of stature, in terms of ability uh, for the Cougs last season. So it's essentially just like the same type of player, six foot six guard. Again, would have been more of a valuable addition to the Wildcats if they had had Antonio Reeves uh, departing for good, but um, this is somebody that currently has Kentucky in his top four. Uh, this is a transfer from Rutgers, by the way, if I didn't mention that. The final player, Somto Cyril. We've discussed him. You know him. He is the four-star center that could reclassify to this year's draft, a.k.a. Baby Shack is his nickname. Uh, really likes throwing down uh, dunks and trying to break the rim. Uh, being unsuccessful in most of his highlight reels, but Dern, he sure does try. Uh, Somto, very aggressive on the defensive end. One of you said in a comment recently that he couldn't be a contributor on both sides of the floor. I think that his rebounding on the offensive end of the floor would end up to prove to be valuable for the Wildcats as well as his defensive uh, ability to, to protect the rim. And I think just the aggression overall that he plays with will translate to the collegiate game well. So on the offensive end of the floor, sure, he may not be scoring 12 to 15 points per game, but I think he's going to get his. And I think that it's similar to Uganda and Yenzo. I think that they're just both tall and they and they fit their roles well and they're aggressive and physical. And at the end of the day, a guy like Samto would prove to be um, off the bench, just a fun player, I think, for Kentucky fans to watch because of his passion, because of his energy, because of his aggression, uh, again, offensively and defensively. For the Wildcats, so there's there's the four players: Trey Mitchell, Jesse Edwards, uh, Paul Mulkey, forget it, and Sam Cyril. If you've got any thoughts on what Kentucky basketball needs to do through the transfer portal or through the final, I guess, pickings of this year's 2023 class or the 2024—now oh, I can't even talk—2024 class, you can leave that in the YouTube comments below or hit me on the socials at Locked Kentucky. All right want to talk about the NBA draft. I want to talk, just kind of get my final thoughts on these different players that Kentucky has, um, you know, hoping to get drafted tonight. Chris Livingston, where does he fall? Oscar Sheebway, does he get drafted? Jacob Toppin, I'm very disappointed that the big boards have him at 86 because I think that he could definitely find his way into the second round. going to dive into that in just a second. Before we do that, though want to tell you guys about our friends over at Bird Dogs, the sponsor of today's episode. Bird Dogs, plain and simple, make you look good. We've been talking about them a lot here on the show recently, and I want to continue to harp on just how awesome these things look on top of all that they make you feel comfortable as well. Catchy, there are stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh, giving you a truly sculpted look in your leg. They do the exact same thing as Lululemon shorts, but I believe that they do them better. Not only does bird dogs have shorts, but they also have pants as well. They're all really, really cool, keep you cool and dry all day long. You can wear them at the beach. You can wear them going to play pickleball. You can wear them to go bowl. You can wear them lounging around the house. You can wear them to different uh, casual events. You know, I say all of this because I continue to use my bird dogs to do Exactly just that. I've had a friend recently reach out and talk about how awesome his pairs of bird dogs are for a lot of different occasions, and every now and then, we'll, when, whenever, whenever we hang out, uh, he'll point out that he's got some of the best compression shorts in the game right now uh, because of his, uh, his uh, bird dogs purchases. And if you want to check out bird dogs, you can go to birddogs.com slash College. and every order you place, you can get a free Yeti-style tumbler, that's BirdDogs.com slash college for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. Once you get these Bird Dogs, you will not want to take them off. We promise you. All right, continuing along here on the Thursday edition of Locked On, Kentucky Lance Stall hanging out here with you. Really appreciate everybody making Locked On, Kentucky their first listen every single day or for the month of June and July, their first listen every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Again, like I mentioned earlier, after July, we're going back to the five uh, episode format a week. Excited to get back to that because then that will mean college football will be just around the corner. And I know that some of you may not be as excited about college football as I am, but I'm starting to get a little antsy. I, I wanted to go ahead and come back. So, Kaysen Wallace, Chris Livingston, Oscar Sheewe, Jacob Toppin. Those are the players that have aspirations of getting drafted tonight's. And to be honest with you, it's looking, according to big boards, like two of those players are going to get drafted. Kaysen Wallace, as it stands right now, is projected to go somewhere between, I would say, 13th through the end of the first round. Most projections have him going at 15th to the Hawks. He actually just worked out with them. I don't remember if it was yesterday or the day before, but it was his final workout before the NBA draft. Um, all things that I've heard you know it's not been you know phenomenal or terrible for Kaysen. it's just kind of been straight on you know he's looking at that 15 to 13 range 13 to 18 is probably where I would end up looking for him uh, Hawks probably could use a combo guard like Kaysen who can play really good on ball defense and um, and end up being a lottery pick for the Wildcats just another uh, lottery pick for UK according to the betting odds, and I think that these are, are are um the most recent ones via Bo- Bovada I believe KSR read about this earlier I made a note here in my docs over under 13 and a half that's his draft position uh odds right now for Casein Wallace I'm going to take the the um the under there or the or yeah the over rather I should say because we're going uh, we're going up in the numbers there I think he'll go to the Hawks if he doesn't you could probably see him go to the pelicans you could see him go to the Lakers. You could see him go to possibly Golden State. Uh, I think that those are all different possible destinations for him as well. So we'll keep an eye on where Kaysen Wallace ends up. Easily, I think, the best prospect that UK has in this uh, in this class just simply because of his versatility. I know that he's young. I know that at times we did not see the execution late game that we would have liked to have seen from Kaysen. But whenever Kaysen was on, very difficult to stop because of his length and because of his defensive ability as well. Just all around when you watched him on the court, when you listen to him in interviews, just a very mature prospect, I think despite his age, but you know, we'd like to see a little bit more consistency whenever crunch time comes, but that's going to come with the fact that he's just not had that many experiences. So hopefully the Hawks, uh, you know, nab him up and are able to develop him into something that could be a very solid point guard. Uh, I think for uh, for an NBA, uh, team in years to come, Chris Levingston, <sighs> According to most places, it's had him, most places have had him fall out of the first round and actually get closer to the bottom of the draft, period. According to KSR, Chris Livingston is projected to hear his name called somewhere between 53rd to 60th in the NBA draft. 53rd overall pick to the Minnesota Timberwolves. That is the projection as of right now. I don't think Chris Livingston expected this to be the outcome considering where he and Wallace were projected to go uh, even back in November of last year. And I would like to see him get drafted higher than this. But if we're being realistic here, what did he show during his time at Kentucky to prove that he is capable of being a first-round selection Right now, he did not shoot particularly well. There were moments on defense where you were concerned. There were also moments as a whole when it comes to just him operating within the set of five players. You know, I think that um, this may be this may be saying like Lance, what are you talking about? Go back and watch the way Kentucky spaced themselves with Chris Livingston. I think that Livingston is athletic. He's bouncy. But we're going to need more. We're going to need to see more things from him on the offensive end of the floor, other than just grabbing a rebound and throwing a dunk down. Especially somebody at his stature, who who would play small forward or possibly even, uh, possibly even in in the NBA's world, play somewhere between small forward and shooting guard. I know that he tried to play the four at Kentucky at six foot six, six foot seven. You're not going to be able to get away with that in the NBA. I don't care how strong or powerful you are; it's just not happening consistently. And a guy like Chris Livingston, I don't think fits that bill. Need to see better ball handling, better spacing, better shooting um, for him to be considered a higher draft pick. Not not a bad player, not a bad player by any means. I mean, obviously, he's capable of getting into the NBA. I think he's going to get drafted tonight. Um, but but Chris Livingston has slid, and that's just kind of where we're where we're at right now. Oscar Shibwe, as it currently stands is the 60th best prospect in ESPN's big board. He's the 60th best prospect. If you look at sporting news, Shibwe is the 5th best center. If you look at NBA Draft Room, he's the 5th best center. And if you look at NBA.com, you look at the teams at the bottom of the board here. Number 58 is Milwaukee. Number 57 is Washington. 56 is Memphis. 55 is Indiana. 54 is Sacramento. 53 is Minnesota. You could see Shibwe go somewhere between Sacramento and Milwaukee. I'd actually like to see him in Sacramento with the other two big Kentucky Wildcats and Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox. I would like to see him in Milwaukee. I'd like to see him in Memphis. I think that he would fit the grit and grind system that they have there, so to speak, very, very well um, with them. With Marcus Smart, by the way, getting traded to the Grizzlies uh, just, a, just a day or so ago. Very wild, the trades that are happening uh, in the NBA right now. By the way, just random... Did you see Chris Paul got traded to the, uh, the, to the Warriors? What? Wild. Ring chasing, uh, trying to get one before he eventually retires. I respect the hustle, uh, but dang. Oscar Sheeboe, on the other hand, though, somebody that I think has the tools to be a late second-round selection because of his rebounding ability, because of his physicality. We've discussed the issues here on the show Um, defensive communication slash IQ. Um, I, I really, really don't trust it. I really don't trust what he did on the defensive end for two seasons at at UK. Just got caught lacking a, a lot of different times. And I don't know if that's the term you use. I don't, I don't really care right now. He can't shoot. Um, he can't handle the ball. He can't handle the ball in the post consistently. He's strong. He's a rebounder. He's a finisher, but he's not somebody that I think has the versatility that can translate to the next level. And I think that he has the opportunity to be a role player, a bench player. Um, But I I think that's kind of where his his ceiling caps out at. And that's not a revolution or a revelation, I should say. It's just kind of where things stand with Sheba right now. So we'll see where he gets drafted. If he does, I'm really pulling to see him get picked in the second round here. Uh, But we will have to wait and see. The final final player that I want to talk about for a second here, Jacob Toppin. Why is this dude ranked 86th in the, in, the, uh, in the NBA big board? I believe that's per ESPN. I think that Jacob Toppin showed a lot of different things during his time at Kentucky, especially during his senior season. He has the ability to drive and finish. He has the ability to shoot. He's proven that he can be a good shooter. Um, he may not be a volume shooter, but I think that he can be a good outside shooter. Really good in the mid-range is Jacob Toppin. One of the most explosive athletes uh, that college basketball has seen over the past couple of seasons, Uh, and I think that that trans weight translates trans weight. Good job, Lance. Translates very well to the NBA. Defensively, I I, I did not pay attention or go back and watch Toppin enough to see if there's any like major concerns here. I don't think that there are, but you've got a bouncy six nine four that can shoot the basketball, and on top of all this, he can handle it. He handled the basketball for Kentucky at different points last season as kind of like a point forward type of dude. Let the man get... He should be drafted. He should absolutely be drafted in the second round. Uh, I think that he is somebody that an NBA team would be foolish not to take a chance on, especially, especially if he continues to shoot the way that he did late in his tenure with the Wildcats. I know that at times he was not the most efficient. I know that at times there would be games where... Toppin would go off for 15 to 18 and then there would be games where he'd get four. I get that. If you can develop a little bit of consistency in his game, I think that he would become a very valuable addition to any NBA roster because of his athletic explosion. And on top of all of this, I think that the shooting is there. I think that the shooting can be there. Um, But we'll, we'll see if Jacob Toppin ends up signing a deal with somebody. I think again, it would be a crime uh, if he did not end up getting some type of deal uh, after the draft was over. And if he ends up being in the G League, I mean, so be it. But uh, that would be tough if that was the uh, kind of the end of the road here for Jacob Toppin. If you've got any thoughts on anything going on with any Kentucky prospects tonight, if you've got any thoughts on anything going on with Kentucky in the transfer portal or in, uh, in next year's cycle, you can leave it in the YouTube comments below. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Daw underscore. And you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments below. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all on Monday for another episode of Locked on Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and God bless.